Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals. My name is Jacob, and today I have the distinct honor and privilege to be hanging out with my good friend, Laura Maddox with Magnolia Celebrates. How are you doing, Laura? So good. So good. I'm so excited <laughs> for this um, fall wedding season that is going to happen, which is wonderful. Ooh, I like the confidence. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Let's let's yeah. dive into let's dive into that. Tell me what your fall looks like and uh, and what you're thinking. Yeah, so I did have one cancel and I did have one postpone. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, we are moving forward, um, and we are either moving forward with, you know, a reduced guest count um, on purpose or on accident. Um, well, never on accident, but <laughs> either on purpose or, um, you know, on principle. I guess. Um, so, right. you know, we've got, we've got weddings that we're supposed to have 400 people that decided to sort of very politely uninvite um, and reduce to a crowd of, you know, uh, 50. And then we mm -hmm. have other weddings that said, you know what, if they want to come, they can come. And if they don't, then we're not going to be mad about it either. And so those people, you know, we've, we've seen 50% of the guest count instead of the full guest count, but still a very encouraging number. So. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I haven't had the same experience in talking with people about their wedding season. So it's really encouraging. Really? Yeah. There's been a lot of people that's had a lot of things punt to next year. Right. Um, there's been a lot of uh, cancellations. So it sounds like you've gotten a really uh, nice batch of uh, brides and grooms to work with. Well, you know, I think that what we, the conversations that we had were, you know, is your date more important or is your guest count more important? And let's talk about it and let's figure it out based on those things. Um, so, you know, the client that I had that full out canceled, they were coming to the middle of nowhere, Georgia to be at the Ritz-Carlton, Lake Oconee, but they oh, yeah. were, mm -hmm, but they were all from New York and Miami. So there was nobody from Atlanta even. Um, so it was just sort of like, this perfect storm of, we just don't see how that's going to happen um, and how we're going to bring a bunch of people from these two hot spots into Georgia and then have a safe celebration. And so that made perfect sense. Um, but for most of our brides, it's been more a question of, well, I want to celebrate with all of my people. And that means having all of my people, which in, um, in our uh, business is, you know, 300 to 400 people. Well, I don't know that that's going to happen this fall. So how do we, you know, what do we do about that? And so we've had some postpone and, and, and all honestly, most of mine are moving forward. My business partner is not the same. She's had a few can't, she's had a few now cancel or a few decide to get married on their wedding date and postpone the reception for a later date. Mm -hmm. um, it, um, I think that the one that I did have that postponed outright has now come back and said, you know what, we want to go ahead and get married on our wedding date. And then we'll still, you know, guns a blazing for our reception in May of next year, but we'll go ahead and get married in November. Um, right. So I think most people, it's become a discussion of one of the two, you know, are we, and so for those clients that are, um, sort of already living together, already living their lives together, sort of, you know, acting as if they're married, but they're not yet. Those people are very much like, well, we can wait. 
it's fine. You know, we'll just wait another six months or so. But for mm -hmm. those that are waiting to move in or waiting to, you know, start that next step or what have you, we found that those clients are the ones that are saying, Hey, we don't really care how many people are there. I'm done waiting. So let's do right. it. And then we'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's pretty awesome uh, to have a group of people that's willing to be flexible and, um, and also want to pursue their date. I think that's a really great way of summing it up. What's more important? Is it your date or the amount of people that show up? Um, I don't know that I've quite heard it so far in those terms. Um, so I really kind of, I really kind of dig that. Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that one. Thanks. Um, and it's not necessarily that anybody is right or wrong for those decisions, right? If, you're, if your you know, guest count is more important, that's completely okay. And that doesn't make you, you know, somebody that's a selfish person or anything like that. It's just, you know, for you, maybe you guys are already, you know, well into the security of feeling like you're living together, you're, you're having a great life together already the ring on the finger is not quite as important as the big celebration around it. Right. You know. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Um, well, let's get, let's get some, um, let's get some background on you. Let's like, let's roll back the time uh, here and uh, before COVID <laughs> and uh, let's, let's talk, talk about, let's talk about some things in the very beginning. Like how did you get started in this? What made you want to get into this? You know, how did it all come to happen? Oh, man. It's a really <laughs> long story. <laughs> well, we've got all the time in the world. <laughs> so, and I keep trying to find a way to, to truncate this story, but it doesn't work. So, um, so I started, yeah. yeah, um, I started as a nursing major in college. Um, and it's really funny that it goes back that far, but I was a nursing major and quickly realized that I had absolutely no desire to ever look at a needle in my life. So what was I doing as a nursing major? And I kind of went, um, to the sorority house with this, like, you know, crisis of, of, uh, um, I don't know, fate and, and was like, what do I do? <laughs> if right. I like, this is what I always thought I wanted to do. What do I do now? And I just so happened to, um, run into one of the sisters that I, you know, very much respected. And she said, well, I am studying to be a wedding planner. And I was like, you can do that? What is that? <laughs> um, so that was the very beginning. And I did graduate with a hotel restaurant and tourism management major um, in the hospitality field at um, University of South Carolina. Okay. And um, U of SC is actually known as one of the top hospitality uh you know, um, colleges in the country. So it just kind of worked out that way <laughs> um, for me, <laughs> which was great. But, um, but so I started in hotels and I was working my way up from the bottom in hotels. And I was also working on an MBA. And I don't know how many people that are listening to this know about the MBA programs, but typically people are already in the workforce when they're doing their MBA programs. So you're working at night. Um, so mm. while you're working at night, you're, and then I'm working at night, or excuse me, you're going to school at night. And then I'm also working at night because I'm in the hospitality world, which, um, you know, you pay your dues by doing those night shifts and the overnight shifts and things like that. So I was, working as a supervisor at a hotel and also going to school on the days that I wasn't working, which meant that I had absolutely zero life whatsoever. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so I 
um, you know, as a young 20 something that was single and wanted to be married and have kids one day, I was looking down the road and I was like, well, how long am I going to do this? And how am I going to meet somebody? I don't, all the people in my program are either married or not interesting to me. And then they, um, (laughs) (laughs) and then the, um, the, you know, I can't date my employees at the hotel. So what do I do? Um, so, you know, this very smart and intelligent MBA student at 22 years old was like, well, I should quit. I should go find a different job. Um, and I did, and I became an executive assistant and this is where it all comes together. So, um, I graduated with all of this knowledge. I worked in the industry with some, you know, and gained some more knowledge in hotels that I did not have. Whereas um, prior I was in um, restaurants and clubs and um, private clubs in the area and things like that. Um, And so then I had this well, uh, this uh, well-rounded knowledge of the hospitality industry once I, you know, did my stint in hotels as well. But then I became a, um, executive assistant. Um, and I worked my way up to be the executive assistant to the CEO downtown. And I say now that my experience in that part, um, of my career helps me every day in what I do. I'm essentially Uh your executive assistant for this piece of your life. Um, so, um, so I, you know, it all pieced together and then, um, then I uh, got in touch with um, one of my old business partners, Suzanne Reinhardt, and she, um, it's also a really funny story. I was teaching Sunday school at church and I just happened to get her kids in my Sunday school class. And I happened to mention on a whim that I wanted to get back into wedding planning. And she was like, huh, that's funny because that's what I do. Perhaps you should come and follow me. Um, and she started my career. I came, I followed her, I worked for free and then I worked for peanuts and she couldn't get rid of me and her other business partner (laughs) couldn't get rid of me. And I just, you know, um, I could not get enough. My husband didn't care because he was like, Hey, if you go work a wedding, I can go play golf on the weekend and feel no guilt about it. So, you know, we're these young single, (laughs) you know, kids out there working. Um, And so we, uh, you know, I, they couldn't get rid of me for about two years and then finally asked me to be a partner. And so I quit my day job. I became a partner in the firm, um, built my reputation in town. Uh, Suzanne went off and started Suzanne Reinhardt events and, uh, our other business partner, Christina Zubowitz, um, decided to retire and I, um, brought my now business partner and always best friend, uh, Sarah Parker on throughout that process. And now Sarah and I own the business and, um, you know, continue to, you know, hopefully grow a very strong name in the Southern events world. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, well then our names are uh, very synonymous with each other here with the Southern, but the, uh, but no, I gotta say the, uh, so, so you took over just for clarity's sake here. So you and your business partner, uh, Sarah, it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you guys basically inherited this name of uh, Magnolia Cellar, so, uh, right? Am I right? Yeah. So, so it used to be Magnolia Events and Planning, and when when we took over, we rebranded to Magnolia Celebrates. Um, Got it. Re- really, honestly, because there's a woman in Charlotte, North Carolina, that owns Magnolia 
um, events.com and she wanted mm -hmm. an astronomical amount of money for the domain name. And we were like, mm, no, <laughs> we'll just change it because this works too. Um, right. And it made sense since we were also taking over the firm to, um, and we wanted to shorten the name and et cetera, et cetera. But, but yes, for clarity's sake, um, our, our business partner, Christina Zubowitz, uh, retired and we took on the business. There's no brick and mortar to sell. So we, right. and, and truly at that point, it was my relationship and Sarah's relationships in town with the vendors, um, more so than Christina's because she just wasn't doing that many events. So it was our, our name, um, that we sort of already owned, but she owned the business and then we took over. Got it. So, so when you, uh, so when you came on uh, to Magnolia events before you changed it, Magnolia right. celebrates and before um, she left, how long was that crossover period? Was it like a period of years or? Oh yeah, no, yeah. So 2018 is when we took it over. Um, I started mm -hmm. with Magnolia as a partner in um 2011 um oh. you know i started with them back in 08 but mm -hmm. i became a partner in um the beginnings of 2011. Right. so yeah it was um it was many years um right and through and you know i started with mostly them feeding me the leads that they didn't you know couldn't take on or were already booked for the date or things like that and worked my way into people you know calling me by name and then other people saying i've just heard of you through reputation and etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's cool yeah you, you said you said something in the in the big long um uh story that uh sort of uh resonated me i kind of want to circle back to that before i forget the um experience of being around a ceo can you, can you maybe somehow describe what that was like and sort of the things that you learn and observe from somebody that's literally in charge of essentially everything? Right, yeah. So it's not a new experience for me. Um, I, I grew up, my dad was a CEO. Um, he, he ran a very successful and now runs another very successful um, construction consulting firm. Mm -hmm. um, at his height, he had uh over 90 employees so i mean it wasn't like you know this it wasn't the ceo of delta but it was a um very large firm and i got very i got just sort of to see the back end of that my entire life um the behind the scenes of that um yet it's very different being the executive assistant and sort of seeing the inner workings than being the daughter that just shows up at the office and thinks it's cool to play with all the paper clips when she's eight years old. You know? <laughs> um, so, um, so it, it, it's an interesting um, dichotomy because you, you see how much they run and also how little um, they're doing specifically to run the business so much mm -hmm. as they tend to be the, like the brains and the um, driving force and the salespeople and you know the ultimate decision makers but you see a lot of um you know the analogy of having a swan go across the water and how smooth everything looks up top that's sort of the ceo he's just kind of but there's lots and lots of people pedaling underneath um mm -hmm. making that happen and and it's all his vision and all of his but he can't do it alone um if that yes. makes sense. 
Yes. Um, but I got also, I, I am so um, grateful for the experience that I got with, um, with him because he truly had an ability to just say, well, I don't understand why that can't happen. You know, um, he would, he would come up with some outlandish idea that everyone was saying, you're absolutely crazy. That would never happen. That can't happen. And here's the 17 reason why, 17 reasons why. And he would look at them and be like, so next Tuesday, <laughs> but because he, he, you know, would push that way. Of yeah. course it was stressful, but it was also, I mean, that was the reason that the company was as, as successful and is as successful as it is, is because right. he was constantly not taking no for an answer and not taking it can't happen for an answer. I love that. I, I, I really do. Like those kinds of experiences is what really molds someone into being a good leader and mm -hmm. someone who's able to, um, um, divide up responsibilities and choose people based on their skill set to place in their organization that they know they can trust to do a good job uh, and also know when to correct those people when they're not doing a good job. It's like I, the, the, um, that CEO mentality, so to speak, is absolutely crucial to any business um, that one owns. Um, to realize that they literally can't work 18 hours a day and be a good CEO, you know, mm -hmm. like, I think that's like so important. And obviously you probably learned ways to um, uh, outsource things uh, to other people within your organization so that everything does run smoothly. Like you're talking about being the swan on the lake, you know, right. Um, I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you learned that skill early on. And, and um, once you were officially given the reins of, um, Magnolia um, celebrates like you were able to like probably take with your business and see how to like move some things around right yes um we we definitely <laughs> moved some things around and sort of brought <laughs> our website up to another um level and you know and what's interesting too is um the wedding world is still this very very small um world um all by itself and so you know you've got people that everybody is is running a small business nobody has a big business i mean even the legends in your certain town and your certain area are you're still talking about you know a business of 50 people um at, mo at most um sure and you know um and then of course they have part-time you know, staffers that come in for weekends and things, but, um, you know, there's very few national brands. Um, and even those national brands, quite honestly, are still very small businesses. Um, mm -hmm. anyway, so the point of that is that I think that in order to do well and to be resilient in this, in this industry, you have to have a CEO's mentality and an entrepreneur's mentality. Um, you know, and that's another thing is that not every CEO is an entrepreneur. Um, and I think that you need, um, my education on CEOs have always come from entrepreneurial CEOs instead of um, career CEOs. Um, not that I would have made that uh, differentiation um, before maybe today, but just thinking about it in general, the, um, sure. you've got, 
you've got to both have the ability to understand that you can't do it all by yourself and that you can't, um, and that you need help and you need to be grateful for that help and you need to, um, serve the people helping you as much as they're serving you. Um, and, I, but then at the same time, you also have to be the driver and the one that says, well, I don't understand why, why can't that happen? Or I don't understand why we can't figure that out or come to me with a solution. Don't just present me with a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and those are sort of the principles that I've learned from my father and from my bosses and um, my clients and um, so on. Yeah. So cool. These are kind of, these are the kind of conversations that kind of get me excited, you know, like yeah. uh, just because I love, I love talking about that kind of stuff. But so you speaking of your team, uh, what's your team look like these days where um, I know you have a, a business partner in Sarah, maybe you can expound mm -hmm. upon her and everybody else. Yeah, so we have a business partner, Sarah, and then we also have um, several girls that work, um, you know, somewhere else. They all have different jobs, but they work with us on the weekends, and we call them our magnolias. Uh, and then we also have Azalea Celebrates, and Azalea Celebrates is a sister brand that we opened uh, recently to sort of, um, we just found that there's still a need in our industry for day of planners um, or mm -hmm. event coordinators that we are no longer willing, Sarah and I are no longer willing to do. Um, you know, we've made, we've got young kids at home and made a commitment to our family to only take so many events a year. So those events need to be full planning events in order for it to make sense for us. Um, sure. But there's still a market out there for that day of coordinate, you know, event coordination. Um, and so we didn't really want to leave the business on the table. So enter Azalea Celebrates. Um, and so we've got some girls under there as well that we are, that have both worked with us as Magnolias um, for quite some time and then event coordinators um, for us on our wedding days, um, but also now want to take on a larger role and take on their own weddings. And so we're now training them in all of the back of the house that, you know, they don't see, excuse me, outside of wedding day that goes into it. Um, and so that's been really great and a lot of fun. Excuse me. And then um, we also have a PR firm that we work with to help us with, uh, you know, the stuff that we don't want to do, <laughs> like the publishing and the, you know, finding the right place to get weddings published or finding the right um, avenue to get our, keep our name, you know, um, uh, current in the industry. And we also have, you know, book, a bookkeeper and accountant for the same sort of tasks. Um, but the day-to-day -day is still mainly us. Uh, and, and our client, I think, you know, our clientele is such that they want it to be us. So right. that's, um, that's both wonderful and also probably one of the biggest pain points is trying to continue to um, uh, prioritize my time in the right ways and um, with the, you know, getting the right, you know, keeping the inbox, uh, not full <laughs> while yeah. also, um, while also making sure to give every client the amount of time that they need for, um, each meeting and each decision and et cetera. So it sounds like you have an awesome pipeline sort of set up to where you're, you're bringing in these new hungry people that want to be a part of this industry and you're giving them these day of responsibilities 
um, because you see that there's a need in the marketplace for that. And then um, as they probably develop and grow, you'll probably see people that could maybe even one day elevate to uh, another level, like maybe doing the things that you're doing, which then would allow you and maybe your business partner, Sarah, to take another step up. Uh, I mean, is that like part of the, like, well, you're reading my business plan for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You are, you figured me out. (laughs) Um, yeah. Call it a hunch. (laughs) Truly it, it stems from a desire to give back where I was given. Um, you know, that's exactly what Christina and Suzanne did for me was that they took me on, they trained me, they let me, you know, follow, they saw some promise in me and then they, you know, taught me everything I knew as I started the industry. Um, so, you know, I want to give that back, but then yes, absolutely. I want to be able to sort of find that next level too. Um, I, I, I say there's a shelf life for planners. I think I've far exceeded mine, but I love it so much that I'm still working and it's still working. Um, it is still working, but, um, but still at some point, yes, I don't, I don't think at 50 years old, I'm going to want to be out until one o'clock in the morning anymore. And so what does that, what does that look like? Because it, it doesn't look like me not working (laughs) because that's just not in my DNA. So, um, so how do, how do I evolve and how do I change and how do I, you know, get myself to a level where it still makes sense both financially and, you know, in, within my heart and soul to continue. Sure. Um, yeah, That's... I'm far off from 50, so I have plenty of time before that. Happens, <laughs> but, but but I'm just just throwing. Yeah, I'm that reading here on your bio. You're like 28 or something, right? Yeah, so, I would love to say I was 28. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that young anymore. Uh, I, I do remember though when I started. I um don't don't tell the world this except for I'm telling the world this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I you know I used to tell my clients I was 30. Um, and for the longest time I would tell them I was 30. And then when I turned, finally turned 30, I was so excited because I was like, I'm not lying anymore. I really am. <laughs> but, but there was just something about entrusting this mass amount of money to a 26 year old that they were not willing to do. But, exactly um, right. and so, you know, of course, if my age never came up, I didn't just volunteer it, but I also, I have a very old soul. And so I think people assumed I was older than I was for a long time. And then, um, but if they asked, I was always like, oh yeah, I'm, in, I'm 30. <laughs> so I was 30 for many, many years. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Wow, what a plan. Um, you know, uh, that's really, really cool. I feel like not everybody has that entrepreneurial spirit that's involved in the business doing what you do. Um, you know, maybe they love wedding planning and they just, you know, they, their face is like, I will always be a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. But I think you said something really cool there is that like you're, you know, there's a shelf life. Um, mm-hmm. And as you, you see for, guitars behind me like I feel like the same way for like songwriters too there's like kind of a shelf life of relevance um or a shelf life of just the ability to to do the job um and then at some point um you know the next phase of your life happens and what do you do you know you've got so much invested in this business um Magnolia celebrates and you're like trying to to make it as 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 big or as awesome as you can make it um you know in your in your network and um and then you have to start thinking about the future like that and what's funny is that 
a lot of times people don't think about the future until it's kind of too late right. to think about the future. So I think it's really cool. The Azalea thing, that's, uh, that's really cool. Uh, like that's a really cool way of bringing up people in the business. So how, how are these mostly like um, uh, the, the day of planning? Um, are, is, is that mostly people that are just like kind of fresh out of uh, school and, and that kind of thing or they vary? Yeah, no. Um, so right now we limit it to girls that we have worked with um, for a few years. Not, you know, we need to know that we can trust them and that they're going to, because it's still our names and our, our brand. And so I want to make sure, sure that I'm not just, hiring, you know, somebody that I don't, that I don't have a good working uh, knowledge of. So uh, right now you need to work with us for a few years before we entertain that. Um, mm. mm -hmm. So you've had this actually in the works for years before you even launched the idea. Oh of this. Yes. Yes. And my, um, I always joke that Sarah is my counter, um, my counterweight. So she's, she's never, never once in Sarah's life has she told me no. We have been friends for years and years and years. Um, but she's never told me no, but she's always been the one that says, okay, well, let's think this through. <laughs> so I'm always the one that's like, I have this fantastic idea. Are you ready to run with it? Like today? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? And she's always the one that's like, mm, should, let's just think it all the way through. Um, and so she's, always you know made sure that we are not stepping out before we have some sort of foundation underneath us uh, which mm -hmm. is so helpful for the entrepreneurial side of me that's just like i want to try something new let's go try it <laughs> so that's awesome um so with that let's talk about maybe just briefly some of the plans you offer so you obviously offer the day of which you're uh leading uh leaving with the azaleas we shall call mm -hmm. them um but what other uh what other packages uh do you uh do you offer yeah, yeah so um azalea celebrates offers a day of a luxury day of and a partial planning um and so depending on what kind of level of service you want um we have all of those day of starts three months out luxury day of starts six months out and um we just we just feel that the day of package that starts a week or a month out is an absolute disservice and a ripoff of your money um there's just no way that somebody can jump in successfully um and execute your event in a fluid manner uh if they have just gotten involved one week or one month out um there's just too much. So that's our packages um, for Azalea. And then for uh, Magnolia, we sort of, we take on the higher events. So the, the events that want a full planning package. So we start with you from the time that you're engaged to, and help you with everything from the venue all the way down to, you know, the very last of the details. Um, and we can help you with either your wedding day itself or your entire wedding weekend. Um, and so we have a lot of clients, um, most of our clients at this point, that have us involved with the rehearsal dinner, with the farewell brunch, and with the wedding day. Um, you know, and then of course we've got, you know, the Indian clients that would want you for multiple days. Um, <laughs> like that as well. So yeah, they throw um, some parties. They do. They do. They, they know how to throw a party. I'll tell you that. 
yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) um that's funny uh i i think um that's really cool how you have it divided up like that and also too i mean it's got to be a weight off of a bride's shoulders from the get-go to just like hand it over to somebody else we're just talking about literally dividing and conquering you know responsibilities Mm -hmm. Uh, so many people make the mistake of thinking they can do this themselves. And um, especially if they're planning for a whole lot of people mm-hmm. um, and it's maybe someplace that they don't even live and there's all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they, they get mm-hmm. caught and then they realize they're like probably a month or so out, you know, and they get on the phone and like, Oh my God, can you please help me? I'm like, I'm toast. I need somebody to help me with it now. And by then it's just like, it's kind of too late in so many ways. Yeah. Right? Well, and I find, I find with those kinds of, people or those kinds of events not people um you're you're really just putting out fires the whole time so they've Mm. basically paid you to just put out as many fires as you can um but typically speaking at that you know at that stage in the game there are still fires that you're not going to find or you're not going to know about ahead of time um and so there's going to be hiccups and issues on the wedding day that are you know unforeseeable and also um you know unable to be fixed um whereas if we are involved in the three months prior a lot of those uh you know issues and fires start to you know come up within conversations and within the emails and just within you know all the i dotting and t crossing that we're able to put them out before the day of the event which means that your day is so much more smooth Right. You know, we can't take away the weather and we can't take away great aunt Sally and her, you know, issue of, you know, where she wants to sit and where she's actually been assigned to sit and things like that. But <laughs> we can, you know, make sure that the catering staff knows exactly where to be and when and, you know, that the band is on time and, you know, all of the other pieces. Um, the photographer has the schedule and ha- and has signed off that they have enough time to take all of the pictures and, you know, all of those sorts of things. Um, yeah. So. Uh, well, that really, yeah, I mean, that helps. I mean, having somebody from the beginning, you know, they don't, they're not sitting there trying to put out fires. They're actually planning it and making it seamless. And right. I think so many people need to hear that um, out there that, you know, that are looking for wedding planners and stuff that or considering the idea of a wedding planner. Um, there's just no, they've usually never planned anything this big in their life. So, um, so it's like, it's, it's literally throwing them to the wolves and not having somebody by them by their side, you know? Right. Um, well, and we like to say that our planning style is such that we, um, we never tell you who you have to hire. We like to present options for you. So we call the list of, you know, 5,000 photographers in the, just in the greater Atlanta area down to five and say, hey, these five we think are within your style, within your price range, and we love working with them. So we hope you will too. Um, and, you know, which ones are your top, you know, your top two or maybe three and let's interview them together. Um, and then they can make an informed decision uh, versus me saying, no, this is your photographer because it's the only one I work with, or this is your decor mm. team because this is the only florist I work with. Or, mm. yeah. Well, that actually, you said that, and it actually kind of made me think of a, of a question that I always ask everyone. And uh, again, uh, I always preface this question is you're not, by not saying someone's name, you're not disrespecting them. But uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I'm trying to frame this right here. <laughs> um, I, we always love knowing who your favorite vendors are to work with. And like, and it doesn't have to be your absolute favorites. It could just be some of your favorites because obviously you have so many favorites and to list them all would be such a, you know, it'd take, you know, two hours or so I'm sure. But there are there some that like come to mind that you'd like to give a shout out to? Oh gosh. Well, um, I just in any fashion, like any. Yeah, it could be space. food. It could be floors. It could be, I mean, anything that is involved oh, in God. what you do. And oh, there's God. no, and, and don't be scared. Nobody's going to come <laughs> after you for saying, I, you didn't say my business. No. Yeah. No, I, I'd say the people I really love working with are people that make our, our job as a planner easier. Um, so, you know, planners are always listed as one of the top five most stressful jobs in, I don't know, in the talking heads of whatever, you know, jobs there are in the world. So, Absolutely. um, so if I have a vendor that I both enjoy being around and also does not make my life harder, then I want to be with them longer. You know, I want to be with them more often. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, vendors like that are like Lisa over at paper daisies that streamlines your, um, your stationary and has it all in a, you know, in one place so that you're, you know, you're on task all the time. Um, and so there's never a question mm. about, Hey, are we missing a deadline or not? Um, or, you know, um, photographers that just have really happy and great attitudes like the Scobies or Debbie Peacock or, you know, the Reichmans or, um, you know, Robin Nathan or, you know, there's tons. Um, and then, um, you know, decisive moment. Um, and then, you know, florists that put together a presentation and a, a decor proposal that makes sense that I'm not, you know, having to decipher and I'm not having to, you know, add up three different spreadsheets. And then also this proposal over here to figure out what the bottom line of the number is, um, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. Um, it's always great if your vendors can show you some value too. I've, I've worked out with some vendors I you know some florists for example will just give us five percent because you're working with magnolia so they take five percent off or you know some photographers will throw in an engagement session because hey you're a magnolia bride and we know that magnolia is going to make the wedding day so much easier that we're going to go ahead and um you know knock this off the price or you know just stuff like that always makes it easier and shows our value to our clients um while also you know showing that they want to work with the client and then also um you know showing their they're making our lives a little easier which is always great um that being said we don't take any kickbacks so you know if a hotel um offers points the points go to the um to the family if we get 15 percent off on rentals then that 15 percent goes directly to the family We've just always felt like we, you've already paid us a mass sum of money. So we've been paid and now our job is to save you as much as we can along the way. Um, so. Wow. I like that a lot. The no kickback thing. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. It's really honest, it is, transparent. Well, I love it. And we like that transparency. I want, I want you to know that you hired me and I want your event to be perfect for you. I, and if I tell you that you need to rent some chairs, I want you to know that 
I believe you need to rent those chairs. I believe that the banquet chair at the hotel is not such that you'd be satisfied with it. I don't want you to ever think that I'm trying to drive up the price um, or that I'm trying to get some sort of kickback from anyone. Um, so it's, you know, um, the same, I don't know how versed you are in wedding planners and their fee structure or not, but a lot of them have gone to percentage um, pricing. And it's something that we have struggled with a lot um, because I know I'm leaving money on the table by not charging a percentage instead of a flat fee. Um, I'm leaving yeah, thousands, maybe, and maybe, thousands and thousands of dollars. Let's, on the let's table. actually, let's actually talk about that because maybe some of the listeners here don't understand yeah. what that is. So maybe just break that down for us right. really quickly. Yeah. So a lot of planners, um, once you get into full planning and you know, I, your day of planners aren't doing this, but some partial and some full planning, uh, um, planners are, um, charging a percentage price. And while I think that it is working for their business and I think it's wonderful and I would love to make the leap there, I just haven't yet. Um, and I'm, and so typically speaking, you know, um, if you look at any of the wedding planning websites that a full planning planner should be between 10 and 15% of your budget. So most planners are charging 10 or 15%. They're taking a retainer that is well under whatever your actual um, budget spend will be. And then they'll send you an invoice about 30 days out once all of the fees have come together. And you know, that is their fee. Um, but if you have, so if you have a hundred thousand dollar wedding, that's $15,000. If you have a $200,000 wedding, that's $30,000. Um, so, um, I and our team have just never done that. Um, mostly because the Atlanta market is very slow to move that way. Um, but it's also always been a struggle because we get feedback that we're specifically hired because they don't want to pay a percentage fee. Um, and so when we keep getting that feedback from our customers and that we keep winning on against other planners who we know are wonderful and have great names in the industry, but they're charging percentage and we are not. And so they choose us because of that. Um, we just haven't made the move, mm -hmm. uh, which has helped us in COVID uh, because as all of these weddings reduce in size, of course, their pricing reduces as well. Um, but our, our fees remain the same. Um, but uh, we just have always felt that we want to stand strong in our, in our opinions and our advice to our clients. And we don't ever want for our client to wonder if we are saying they need something because we just want to drive that price up further, mm -hmm. making the whole wedding go up further, making our fee at the end go up further. Or if we are, you know, truly having their best interests at heart, we mm. want them to always know we have their best interests at heart. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And yeah, there's, I can see how the percentage situation from a business perspective obviously is, is wonderful, but it's also, um, I guess it's just not as transparent as just saying, this is what we're going to charge for you to do all the work that's required to show up and, and do it. And we don't want to pay more. Um, right. uh, if you're, I always kind of feel like if you're satisfied with the number in which you're getting paid, then I mean, what more else is there? You know, I mean, like right. what else is there, you know? So that's, that's, uh, 
you know, for some of our listeners, that might be kind of a new thing that they're experiencing, um, or maybe if they're completely brand new, um, you know, that might be something that they need to be aware of. So that was really cool that we right. had a, a chance to uh, talk about that. But speaking of new clients, um, how do you feel um, that the, the current situation that we're all in, um, the, the nasty COVID word, um, how do you feel like consumer confidence has been as far as getting married and like planning for the future? Has there, have you seen any sort of drop off as far as like people uh, it being a little scared to organize events in 2021 or beyond? Um, so I've had no inquiries for spring of 2021. Um, I've, the weddings that I've had already on the books are sort of staying strong, but nobody is trying to plan a wedding currently for 2021, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do have clients that are new clients that are moving forward with the fall of 2021. Um, summer in Atlanta, just there are no weddings summer in Atlanta. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. 95 degrees at best with, you know, 120% humidity. So people Gross. just don't typically get married in Atlanta <laughs> in July or August. Um, nope. but, but, uh, you know, fall of 2021, it does seem like people are starting to move forward and starting to feel strong about that. Um, especially with the rhetoric sort of changing and, um, you know, some vaccines coming, um, close now. And, um, and there's a lot of talk about once the election is over, um, hopefully seeing some different rhetoric in the, in, in, in the, uh, media as well. So, sure. um, I think that all I've, I always went into 2020 not knowing that it was going to be, a lighter year as far as um, leads for spring of 2021 because it's an election year. And every time it's an election year, there's just on the amount of money that we seem to be handling for weddings, um, we typically see that people uh, like to hold on to their purse strings until after the election is over. Um, Interesting. That's really, you're the first person to say that. Yeah, I mean, I noticed it in 2016. I noticed it in 2012. But honestly, I was so new. I was, you know, just a few years into the industry in 2012. So I didn't notice it as much. Because um, I think that you also in the smaller budgets won't necessarily see it as much. But at this point in my career, I'm, I'm dealing with such large budgets that um, I think that people are heavily invested and want to see, you know, how the markets are going to fare before they, um, before they decide um but i've always said that people will always get married regardless and i think that even you know even in this um nasty word of covid time we are seeing that you know people love will prevail and celebrations will prevail and we are people that need to be um together with other people and we are going to continue to see people get married um and have celebrations they may just look differently for a little while here Right. And I, but I think some really great things are coming from it too. I mean, you know, people have slowed down. People have spent a little bit more time with family. People have, mm -hmm. um, you know, your airplane has never been cleaner in your whole life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, like, people are washing their hands, which they should have been doing the whole time anyway. You know, I mean, there's just yes. some things that 
um, that I can see the silver lining in some of this and I can see where some of this may stick around, you know, the buffet may be a thing of the past at this point and we may see only chef attended stations moving forward. And how bad is that? I mean, I think it's wonderful. It's an elevated experience yes. for your guests while still being able to give the options that a buffet gives you. Um, you know, a, a, a self-serve bar may never happen again, but I, what's so wrong with having a bartender? Yeah, I mean, there's just certain things that I think are you know, elevate the, the guest experience in this process as well that will become more commonplace and more expected that um, I don't think are bad things. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, this has definitely tested the um, flexibility of the industry. And it seems like uh, people are really adapting and overcoming. Um, and I think you're right. People well, will always- Well, when you always... get a bunch of creatives together, what, you know, what do you expect? I, the entire yeah. wedding industry <laughs> is creative people. I think your it planners is. are probably like your most type A, most, you know, buttoned up people of all the people, but we still have creative streaks. Otherwise we wouldn't be in this industry full of artists and, you know, creative people. Um, and I think that there's so much value in that when you have so, when people have so much creative energy just flowing through their veins at all times, mm. um, we're going to find ways to innovate and change and still make things happy and exciting and, you know, fun and elevating the guest experience the whole time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Awesome, awesome, uh, awesome things. Okay, so in closing, uh, I always like to get to know my people a little bit better than uh, all the, we tend to, uh, you know, talk about all kinds of things um, and you've been amazing, but I always like to ask a few questions uh, that yes. I have here. So I'm gonna I'm throw gonna some on you. There, don't <laughs> worry, they're not dangerous. They're okay. not dangerous questions. So uh, I'm gonna throw a few on you. I promise they'll be easy. All right, here we go. Beach or mountains? Oh, beach. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm 100% beach. My husband is 100% mountains. So, you know, in our dreams, we will one day own a lake house in the mountains so that I can have my waterfront while he can have his mountain view. Or you could just go to California and buy a house like right on Highway 1 that just overlooks the ocean right there. Yeah, I guess in our dream scenario, that's okay. But in like the real scenario where gas is like $5 a gallon, I yeah. I'll, stay here. <laughs> you know? I'll stay right here. All right. Are you a sports person? Uh, no, I used to be. And then I started weddings. And um, when you can't, I used to be a college football person. And okay. when you can't watch college football because you're always at a wedding, you stop being into it. I hear that. It's a, it's a lot of, it seems to be a lot of commitment, you know, yeah. especially that college football thing in the South, you know, it's like, a, it's a lot of commitment. Well, and I, you know, if I had gone to Georgia or Auburn or, you know, Florida where the teams are consistently, you know, um, winning and ranked and doing great, it would probably <laughs> be different, but God loves South Carolina. I mean, they just, you know they're like the little engine that could they will not quit and they do a great you know they do have great seasons but um right. you know 
there's a lot of heartache being a South Carolina fan too. <laughs> well, there can only be one winner at the end of the year. So <laughs> there's always somebody with a lot of heartache uh, and usually it's everybody. Um, so, um, all right, favorite food. Oh, um, so I have a gluten and a dairy allergy. Um, so okay. prior to that, I would have told you bread with butter on it. Um, mm. But now, Oh, now my favorite food um, is probably gluten-free brownies. I think they're I think they're better than regular brownies. They are delicious. Really? Mm-hmm. I might ask for the recipe. Oh, it's it, I mean there is not one. It's the Betty Crocker gluten-free oh. brownie <laughs> box. <laughs> or Glutino makes one too that's just as good. But yeah, no, there's just something about them. They just taste. I think it's probably all the extra like fat they put in them to keep them glued together because yeah. that's what they do with gluten-free food, ladies and gentlemen, is they just add more <laughs> fat to keep it put together. Um, so, um, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee Every all the way. Time. All Every the time. Way. All right. Last book you read? Oh, The Silent Patient um like for fun would be the silent patient it's really good awesome uh do you have a favorite band do you like listen to music band? Uh, yeah yeah, it I mean, could be well, anything. yeah yeah um I, my husband and i are big lumineers and mumford and son fans um so we're that was definitely the last concert we went to the last several concerts we've gone to were mumford and sons and lumineers um and civil wars and Mm -hmm. um father john misty things like that um dave matthews band was was you know prior to this era of mumford and sons and lumineers yes Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm more of a noodler noodle that's what my husband calls me i don't dance i noodle noodle (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually uh i'm actually friends with one of the uh, founding members of mumford and sons oh no way that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah uh his name's nick edwell he's a great jazz trumpet player and uh, he has this group that tours the state sometimes called the filthy six and it's sort of like boogaloo jazz funky stuff like from the 60s that was kind of popular uh so since he tours with mumford and sons all the time whenever he's not touring he does the filthy six and they're based in he's english so he's he's he lives in london and uh or around the uh, london parts at least and um so he comes here every now and then and, and plays some shows and stuff with some of my friends. And so How anyway. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. My, these, uh, my like favorite party I ever threw um, or planned was actually a charity event for the Chattahoochee River Association. And um, it was in, in this, this family's backyard. We got this bluegrass band to come and play. And I didn't think much of it. I had only met the family, you know, at their home once and I'd never been inside because the whole thing was supposed to be in their backyard. And we get to the day of the event and their back and their like stairwell was very similar to your office where it's just like guitar after guitar after guitar going up the stairwell. Mm -hmm. And then you see like bongos and then you see something in in, like all of these instruments everywhere. And you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. They're instrumental. How fun. And then about two hours into the party, once everybody had had enough cocktails, they started taking over the bluegrass stage and they were like just doing this impromptu like karaoke night with, you know, the mom was on the fiddle, the bluegrass land is still playing. And then, you know, husband is 
you know, singing and like gets out his guitar. And I mean, the whole, it was the coolest thing to just sit there and watch <laughs> it. And I feel like that's the same thing that happened to me the first time I went to a Mumford and Sons concert was I, you just watch all of these musicians, these incredibly talented people, and they're doing 17 things all at once. And you're like, how are they even doing? I don't even understand. Um, and the music that comes out of it is just amazing. That is one thing that's really cool about that band is that they all move around and they're playing different instruments and like, yes. that's what keeps the show really moving, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, last one. Do you have any hidden talents that we need to know about? Oh God. Um, I don't think so. I'm not, no? I'm not exciting. You're not exciting? Um, I'm not even a little bit. I have like my hidden talents are are being able to tell you no without you having any idea. I just told you now. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm the person. I'm the person that can like walk into the room and you tell you say you have a great idea, and I'm like, oh wow, that that is a really interesting idea. Let's think that all the way through. Would let you know, and and by the end of it, you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, we hey, that is a talent. That is a talent, people. That is a talent. That is a talent. <laughs> Tell someone no and not have them hate you, but know that you're only looking after their best interests. Right. Yeah. But no, I, I'm, and, and I don't know. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll call it there. Thanks so much for being a part of this. Oh, thank uh, we, you, Jacob. This has been so much fun. We, you, you are, you are awesome. Um, once again, this is Laura Maddox with Magnolia Celebrates, and make sure you check her out. What's the website? MagnoliaCelebrates.com. There it is, and everybody. Celebrates is a verb, so just make sure to put the S on the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm Jacob. This is Laura. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Take care.